Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Business Exchange, How Business Works, brought to you by the American Business Council. The American Business Council, as you all know or may know, is the voice of American business in Nigeria. And so this Business Exchange uh, program we have is, a, is, is really one where business executives and industry experts uh, share insights on how business works and also they share deep dive into stories that uh, they, they are experts in the various uh, sectors. Uh, my name is Margaret Olele. I'm your host for this show. Today's episode, we will be discussing about world food safety and its implication and relevance for Nigeria. I know that this has become a very interesting and hot topic. I also know that recently um, the Nigerian Economic Summit Group held a meeting and have been having like um, some engagement at the six geopolitical zones, looking at the conversation around food safety and and and, and also looking at it within the um, the space of how Nigeria currently operates a multi-agency food safety regulatory approach and the significant challenges that that has, as well as, well as looking at a possibility of having um, a reduction in the multi-jurisdiction issues that impact on consumers' confidence leading to issues around rejection of Nigeria's uh, food and, and, and all that and all that. But, you know, at the end of the day, we know that, you know, uh, the issue around food safety, which is really, um, you know, very critical, has, has, has also been a very interesting topic for this month. This month, we celebrated uh, the World Food Safety Day uh, with the um, issues around, you know, um, a better health, a better food for better health. Um, so, um, so we're looking at how this ties to food and health. Um, I know that there's also the conversation that one in ten people, um, you know, suffer every year from uh, foodborne diseases, and really the, the 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 it's an endless conversation around um, how food safety, healthcare, and economics uh, really um, intertwine. So, so that I don't take over this completely, even though I'm the host. I would like to introduce today our our guests. Um, Jane Omojuku. So Jane Omojuku, I would say we we we've really come a very long way uh, in my time in the private sector, the private sector, um, the food space for um, close to 17 years. Uh, Jane is the managing director and the lead consultant of Nogata Consult Limited, and uh, she was a formal and a formal government regulator at the National Agency for Food and Drugs Administration and Control. She headed the Regulatory Affairs uh, Codex and SPS division for a period spanning 18 years. I mean, some people would have uh, given birth and gotten, and their children would have gotten married at, at 18. I was involved in the FAO WHO International Food Standard Setting Process meetings and the Codex Alimentarius Commission. I would, I would say that I, I recall having attended some of these uh, meetings, um, you know, um, with her ex representing the country. She's an experienced food safety expert and a regulatory affairs consultant and trainer with requisite background and proficiency in national and international food standards, food regulation, food policy, food safety management systems, sanitary and pre-sanitary um, standards. And really the list goes on. She is a certified um, lead auditor for FSSC uh, 22,000 
Um, she's uh, she's a consultant to National Codex um, for uh, Nigeria. She's a member of the National Working Group on the on the Competitive African Rice Platform, which is a, a very hot topic too, and the chairperson of its market, uh, the Trade and Sustainability Rice Platform SRP Standard National Technical Committee. So she's, she's a member of the Nigerian Institute of Food Science and Technology, and the list goes on. So Jade, welcome to the to the show. It's really great to have you here. Thank you so much, Margaret. I'm delighted to be on the show. Yeah, it's it, it's great. Uh, and so you know, when we think about what is happening globally, and we think about um, you know the world safety or food safety in the in the midst of a global crisis and in the midst of um, the um, climate climate um, crisis and, and all that. Uh, we, we see that this has become very, very, very critical, not just to the individual, but also to um, the countries and not even just to the in the area of healthcare, but also, like I said, to the economic growth of Nigeria. So um, I, I would I would just go straight to this question and ask that um, looking at the issue around food safety and the government and the different stakeholders that dot the, 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 the horizon of, uh, of food safety, um, what do you think about um, what policy would bring to the table in terms of clear safety policies that can help drive economic growth um, of Nigeria? Thank you so much. Um, of course, policies are, are very key in uh, driving food safety for the country. And uh, the country actually has good policies. There are about three that I can quickly mention. You have the Agricultural Promotion Policy uh, 2015 to 2020 of the Federal Ministry of Agriculture. That's a very good policy. Then you also have the National Food and Nutrition Policy. That one is uh, from the Ministry of Budget and National Planning. You have the National Policy on the Environment, uh, revised 2016, and it's from the Ministry of Environment. Then to capital, you have the National Policy on Food Safety and its Implementation Strategies of 2014. So as a country, we do not lack in the policies. And these policies, um, cover all the things we talk about in uh, food safety. It covers uh, safe use of agrochemicals, which we know is very, very critical in having safe raw materials, because you can't have a safe finished product if the raw material is not safe. So you need to pay attention to the agrochemicals so that you don't have pesticide residues or fertilizers. You don't have any residues, veterinary or pesticide. Then they have the, the, those policies include food safety inspections, which are very important. You need to inspect and be sure that things are done correctly. It includes origin tracking, nutrition labeling, the food safety and quality standards. It talks about the pollution of the air, water, soil by um, using ex ex extensive fertilizers and improper storage and handling of chemicals. So the policies are really very good because it captures everything we want to look at for food okay. safety. We want to make sure contaminants are controlled and, and stuff like that. So in terms of policies, there are very, very good policies in place. 
Okay, great. I, you know, I, I'm going to ask a question that will, that's kind of leading us from the, the one I just asked you. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was just going through a report before before this um, podcast that, that, that from the U.S. State Department on the 2021 investment climate statements uh, for Nigeria. And from what I see, they say that the foreign direct investment inflows have remained uh, kind of, you know, stagnant with a with the new FDI totaling about one billion dollars in 20, um, as as a num- as a result of a number of you know persistent challenges. So, um, so when we look at uh, the issue around food safety and FDIs, can we say or can how are we able to see how these policies that we have just mentioned, or some of them that we may not have mentioned, how can these policies help drive investments and FDIs? Um, it, it will be in the implementation, you know, the um, the um, national um, policy, food safety policy and its implementation strategy is actually very comprehensive, detailed, you know, it's robust and it's all inclusive. So all these government bodies that play a role in food safety are captured in that policy. And you know, when you have a policy, the idea of a policy is to try and uh, Focus on the objectives, you know, the like we're talking about food safety, food safety objectives and how to implement it. So that policy takes on all the legislations of all these bodies. It has like 13 ministries, uh, departments and agencies, MDAs that are involved in food safety issues in Nigeria, including the states and the local government areas. So it captures all these um, groups that have to uh, implement food safety. Um, and it assigns rules somehow, and it has a structure that has how it's overseen, where you have the ministers at the top, you have the committees, then you have the subcommittees, and where you have meetings, you draw members from, depending on the topic you're talking about. So it's a very good policy, identifies what to train, what the issues are, and stuff like that, what to train people on, um, enlightenment that should be done, public awareness that should be done. So that policy, is very good and if implemented it would really go a long way but the issue is that to implement it you actually need to have um um because there's a bill there's a food safety bill that has been you know held up it's been awaiting approval so it needs to be backed by a a law that it has to be a law that backs the um this uh um Group this implemented this food safety policy and its implementation strategy. So I think that's part of the drawback. That's the you know, part of the problems implementing the policy. Okay, I'll just take a, a, a again a, a follow up from this last question. This usually happens. Um, so when we are looking at um, the conversations around food safety and FDIs and you know investment and growth opportunities. We haven't even got into the issue around health, uh, but, but but yeah, you know, um, are we looking at this from the point of view of exports? Because again, we need to be clear. You know, when we're looking at you know we're look, when we talk about foreign direct investments, we're looking at okay investments coming into the country, but then can can we look at this from a point of view of how can we um so that means really in, um, attracting investors into maybe ongoing businesses in maybe different levels of the food chain 
you know, and all that. But now if we're not obviously looking at it from that perspective, we're looking at exporting, um, you know, uh, which is another opportunity for revenues, really for non-oil exports. How do you think that this whole, um, you know, this whole conversation around having the right policies can help us, um, you know, improve um, exportation uh, in Nigeria? For food. Uh, you know, I, 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 okay, thank you. I think the policies are the basic things because that's, you know, but then it's like my um, belief, you know, my, my attitude, what I feel. You know, most times you have legislations, laws that need to back you to act. But my personal view is that one doesn't really um, just wait, fold your hands until those laws, because if you were waiting, to do food safety issues in Nigeria and you don't have the backing for these six years, it means we won't have safe food. So for me, some things can still be done while you wait for the, you know, to give it a bite. And 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 by that, I mean um, structures can still be there. If those that uh, want to invest in your country, you know, if uh, of course we want to diversify, Nigeria has been wanting to diversify for a long time uh, to, agriculture, non-oil exports, you know, and it's it's key um, because a country that just consumes really has issues. We have to begin to think of uh, production and of course we did the exporting. So what I think is that in spite of the fact that the bill is held up, that will give the, um, the uh, national policy on food safety and its implementation strategy, the bites that it needs, doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing anything. And um, the relevant government agents are actually doing quite a bit. They're still working. And if those that want to invest um, see and believe in, uh, if they have confidence in how they are doing their job, they may still consider knowing also that uh, there's a law coming up to back it and knowing that the output from the individual uh, mandates, you know, that uh, the government bodies have are strong enough for to assuage their, you know, whatever feelings, anxieties they may have about it. So I think personally that um, a lot is going on, even as we speak, there are younger people going into agriculture, more knowledgeable people, so they're doing it better. They're doing it on a larger scale. They're using standards. They're using like uh, the... Um, you know, when you are in international trade, you need to pay attention to the SPS agreement, you know, on yeah. sanitary and phytosanitary measures. Mm. And for, for international trade, the WTO SPS agreement recognizes three international standard setting bodies, you know, for the standards they'll use when there's adjudication, the standards they'll also use to adjudicate. So Codex standards is the one for food safety. Then when you have, when it deals with plant health, you know, it will be the IPPS, IPPC, International Plant Protection Convention Standards, which is very detailed and which, you know, takes care of even things like um, um, disease coming into a region or a country. It takes care of all that. And the Nigeria Agri-Quarantine Services uses that. NAFTAC, for instance, uses the Codex Standards, so also does SON, to harmonize their own standards. When it comes to animals, then you use the Organization for Animal Safety, the OIE standards. And when you meet those standards, then you can export because that's what the 
WTO that governs international trade will be looking at. So, in effect, what I'm saying is that though we have that challenge, you know, that drawback with uh, the, the, the law that still needs to be passed, but it hasn't stopped people from, you know, working, and it shouldn't stop people from working because there are all these other um, international laws that are acceptable, that people can trust, and if you meet it, and of course, some people would have the private standards, which are now quite popular, you know, when you're exporting, they'll ask for private standards, depending on where you're going to. It may be the FSSC, Food Safety System Certification. It may be the Global Gap. They'll just ask then, if you're exporting, you need to know what your, your client wants, and you need to produce and meet those standards, in addition to the national standards of those countries. So I think, um, if we do all this and uh, like you know we're doing, we can still attract foreign direct investments. But that, but it, we still have to quickly pass this bill, you know, because that would really help some more. Okay, I mean, fine. You've been giving us hints and hints about this bill, which we would get to um, as you know before the end of the show. Um, I am also aware that the National Economic Summit Group had the, the workshop recently um, and then working through the, um, I think they have this uh, National Assembly Business Environment Roundtable called NASBER, um, working through that platform and working with the Bill and Melinda Gates, the US uh, AID and a couple of other stakeholders, they have been collaborating with the uh, Ministry of Health and other relevant ministries and agencies of government for the enactment of this uh, legislation that would support and enhance food safety and security for for Nigeria. So before I go into the where we're at at the bill and all, I wanted to just find out from you on uh, the basis of your consulting work um, at the GATA, have you been involved in some way in this whole process? Um, I have been involved in the whole process. Um, the food safety one, the process, you know, because that's what we do on a daily basis, help, helping the SMEs uh, meet standards, national, international standards. Of course, our national standards are harmonized with international standards. So, um, because, you know, all these international standards are voluntary, you know. It's when you harmonize it your, um, within your country, then it now becomes mandatory. Um, and members are encouraged to do that. So, of course, I'm involved in that area. And uh, even in um, the, um, um, why the, the committee work for the National Policy on Food Safety and its implementation, excuse me, implement, implementation strategies were going on. I was part of the committee at some point. Uh, when they were um, discussing the bill too, I, I made my inputs, uh, my my views were sought, and I made my inputs. So I, I've been involved on the national level, the Codex Committee, while I was still in service in NAVDAC, and now that I'm out, I'm, the, uh, I'm a, a consultant for the National Codex Committee. Then, of course, food safety issues, really, you know, whether it has to be at the farm level, because I'm a global gap license farm assurer too, um, or processing, or even exports, because what I, I, I like I mentioned um, about the WTO, I actually attended some of the committee meetings while in service, so I have a good 
uh, knowledge about it, how all these intertwine with trade, meeting standards and trade and export, and uh, consumer confidence in what you're sending out. So it's like what I do is still a continuation of what I've been doing for so many years. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, no, but I'm just asking specific to this whole, you know, overall advocacy effort, you know, so it's, uh, you know, um, the, the, your, your role, the role of Nugata Consult, I, I think you have shared, obviously, that um, because you kind of consult a lot of um, upcoming SMEs, you probably had your um, your organization, um, the voice and your recommendations into into the bill. Okay, so, so 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 that that that's fine. I and talking about the bill, um, so we look at the safety bill and the quality bill that's awaiting, I believe, second hearing, and championed by um, uh, Honorable Mohammed uh, Tahir Monguru, and the Nigerian Food and Safety and Hygiene Surveillance Corps. Um, um, established bill of 2020 awaiting report and championed by another honorable Aminu Ahimani. Um, I don't know if we have left any other one just in case because these are the ones that I have on my radar or you can share with us any other one that's not uh, that we just I have not mentioned but um, I was just saying again I know that you have asked that part of this but maybe there are some areas that you may need to throw some light on. So we're asking if what would the outcome and impact of these bills have if they are passed? Okay, thank you so much. Um, the, the impact would actually be, you know, quite significant. Number one thing is that it will give legal backing to the National Policy for Food Safety and its implementation strategy. Then when the bill is passed also, um, it will achieve the specific objective of supporting that policy, you know, that's a, that implementation policy. It will achieve that. And uh, when it does achieve that, it would improve, it will lead to sustainable improvements in the national food safety, security, nutrition, and there will be um, a, a rapid increase in productivity also, because, you know, the, the food safety uh, policy already has those it has identified to play roles and, and it will assign the roles. And I, I know that the Food Safety and Quality Bill um, um, captures, you know, it, it, it kind of modifies the structure of the uh, uh, National Policy on Food Safety and its implementation strategy. It, it firmed it up some more, you know, um, and it will now have, um, and it will now have the 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 um, council. It will now have a, a council, you know, overseeing um, overseeing food safety issues when the bill is passed. It will actually strengthen uh, the national food control systems, food safety and uh, quality systems in the country, because the council will now oversee, and the council will now uh, be the the the, the body. To allocate mandates between competent authorities. Okay. That's how it structures it is structured in the field because we know there's um, overlap of functions, you know, and the coordination is not too good. I could even say it's poor. Uh, and when you can't coordinate uh, very well, um, it, it leads to um, a lot of how do I put it now? It leads to a lot of um, 
it slows down the process, you know, mm -hmm. um, so, because so you can't quickly. So, so it makes you less. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 So it, it makes um, the business people less competitive because time is of the essence. So when you have people not coordinating their activity activities, it slows you down. And uh, by time you have you, you waste time, money, maybe so many agencies having to come and attest to the safety and quality standards. That's extra money and even the time to move as you would want. So when all these things uh, interplay, then you're not as competitive as you, as you should be. So when you when we have this um, bill pass, it's going to assign rules because you know food safety is, is from farm to table. It's like a relay race. People are supposed to get to some point, hand over. But you find out that the mandates um, overlap. People that should stay at one portion of the uh, food, food chain cross over to some other portion. So you're wasting resources and efforts because two people are doing something, I mean, two organizations, one should do. So when you have this food safety bill and it assigns, it says, okay, uh, because it's not trying to take away people's rules or merge everybody and everything is, you know, it's not trying to do that. It's trying to uh, make coordination better. So when it's passed, it's expected to tell those that have mandates in food safety, you, this other agency or ministry does this bit. So eventually the process is faster and um, um, the, the, it's more competitive. So you have more foreign direct investments coming in when this structure is in place and working. Okay, great, great. Uh, and and um, yeah, like I've like I've said, there are a couple of uh, stakeholders are already making a lot of advocacy efforts. Uh, a couple of press releases have been pushed out, or people pushed out in recent times, especially around the world uh, food safety um, day and all. Um, are there other advocacy efforts you think that we need to do in this area? And and you know how do you how do you think we need to go um, through that? Um. I think what should happen is um, there should, you know, advocacy, you can never go wrong with advocacy, and it's never too much. So I think uh, we should um, up our games with information, education, communication, IEC, and training. And there okay. should be, um, and there should be protocols established that okay. will enforce and enforce because it's not enough just establishing a protocol. It should be enforced to strengthen the capacity of the regulators and the public and private sector operators in the food value chain. You'll agree with me if um, the public and private uh, sector um, operators are in tune, if they understand why, um, if the private sector understands why the public sector should do what they're doing and does what they do, they would comply better. You know, and you can you can only get that with uh, interactions, you know, training and uh, things like, and in the private sector, that's what I feel, if they have issues, I think they should also like come together as a group and meet whichever body that um, is overseeing that aspect of what they're doing, they're having issues. When there's dialogue, it can easily be resolved and things would um, move faster and you know it will reduce the bottlenecks. You know when you do all this, and you know 
uh, of course, the food safety bill will reduce all that and the inefficiencies that go with, you know, the bottlenecks, the bureaucratic bottlenecks. Then I would also advocate for um, the analytical laboratory capacity um, to be improved, you know, increased. Because you know, all these things are science-based. If you say a food product is not safe, how do you know? You can't look at some products and tell they're not safe. Like if you have excess pesticides, you know, uh, if a maximum residue limit is, is exceeded, you can't tell by seeing it, you have to analyze. It's only when it's spoilage, you can tell microbiological spoilage, the smell or the taste. But all these other things that are even more critical, you need to analyze. So. I would advocate for strengthening those labs, uh, of course, um, including some public labs. And, and I know that some public labs are accredited to ISO 17023, which is the one for laboratories. So if they are accredited, you know, that means they, they have the capacity to produce, I mean, to analyze and you can trust that uh, um, the results are the same all okay. over the world. So, okay. so th that's what you know. Coordination of efforts by the various government bodies will be what I would advocate. Then information, education, and communication, and training, IEC and training. Then protocols to strengthen these bodies and and the interaction with the private sector too. Then oh, the right. analytical lab. That's, uh, okay. My mind. Great, 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 great. I mean, obviously, from what. Um, we're, we're hearing that this is not one um, an effort for one body, um, but for a coordinated effort of different agencies and also um, working with private sectors. So this would be a public and a private sector um, project, you know, to just kind of all hands on deck to get this rolling. Uh, we need to get the uh, policy and the bills, you know, um, to kind of provide the legal backing and also enhance um, a, 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 a situation, a process, or, or get to a point where at least we have a central um, council that would, you know, work on, on this. And for for these efforts, we would require a lot of advocacy um, efforts and a lot of things in place, from issues around training, capacity building, to um, being able to communicate about what this this is um, about and the value this would bring to the table, and also um, issues about strengthening labs and pulling protocols. Jen, you've really given us some amazing Just, points. Um, you know, go ahead. You were about to say something. Sorry, I wanted to correct something. It's ISO 17025. I think I said okay. 023. Okay. That's yeah, that's great. That's why it's always good when you have scientists here, they want to be, they want to dot all I's and cross the T's. They don't use things like I think, I believe, I know. It's it's mm. basic facts mm. and all. But uh, that's great. I, I really uh, found it very um, interesting and enlightening to have you on today's um, uh, program, today's episode. And um, like we always say, everything that has a beginning must have a, an end. Um, so as I would have loved that we continued, but we have come to the end of the show. And would ask that you follow us on the Business Exchange, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And on our social media, please follow us at abcouncil underscore ng on Twitter and Instagram and on the American Business Council LinkedIn. And make sure you join the conversation and use the hashtag, hashtag the ABC Business Exchange. We will see you same time for another episode of this program. 
Thank you so much for listening.